Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today we're back, kind of on our regular schedule, talking with the Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. If you have any questions for us, we got some questions for Coach, email us podcast at uscfootball.com. You can also leave us a voicemail on our website, peristylepodcast.com. And uh, we had a little problem, I guess, with our voicemail box, the, the number 641. 641- 715-3900, extension 816-646. I fixed that. There was some problem with the greeting, but now that should be fixed. So if you're trying to leave a voicemail, we apologize if it didn't work the last week or two. 641-715-3900, extension 816-646. Great way to get a hold of us. Of course, if you want to subscribe to the show, iTunes is the best way. And we have our own URL for iTunes, itunes.com slash podcast. You can leave us a five-star rating. You can leave some feedback there and, of course, subscribe so you can get every podcast as soon as it goes up, come down to your device. Uh, all right. Well, let, without further ado, let's bring in the coach. Coach, what is going on, man? How are you? Well, man, I've been uh, taking a little R&R, but on the side, getting ready for football. And, you know, uh, I love to do the podcast with you every week, Ryan, but uh, unless we have some pertinent uh, ideas or questions, uh we need to all take a little bit of a break, so I'm ready to play. And uh, during the summer months, I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of podcasts, and I'll be reading my publications that will be coming out. In fact, I'm going to go search out a few this week and see if I can get a, stand, uh, a you know, a, a fast, uh, well, a lot of reading material, let's say, for the summer months when I sit on the beach and bronze <laughs> up a little bit. And uh, so I'm, I'm ready to go. I, I think I've really... Uh, you know, rejuvenated, and uh, I'm ready to do the podcast every week if you want. If you have the information and the people send in things, we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. We took a couple weeks off. Uh, you know, we had a different guests and stuff. We just haven't been doing as much because it's kind of a slow time. And we'll actually talk about sort of what the schedule is coming up, um, and then we'll get into the questions. But I wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com. Give them a call at 1-800-888-7287 if you need tickets for anything. You got the Mike Trout down there in the Angels town and uh, the Dodgers trying to uh, pass the Giants in the NL West. Lots of stuff going on there. Uh, I was just up in uh, the Bay Area for the Oakland Nike camp, drove right by Oracle Arena as as the uh, <laughs> as the Golden State Warriors were getting thumped uh, by Oklahoma City. They just weren't there. They weren't at Oracle. They were obviously in Oklahoma City. Uh, but any kind of tickets for anything, you can go to sctickets.com and they'll hook you up. Um, but so before we get into the questions, coach, uh, you know, we were talking offline a little bit about what the sort of schedule is. It's kind of slow right now. There's a lot of recruiting going on. So for the past month, the USC coaches have been on the road. If you've been following uscfootball.com, tons of updates, uh, as far as offers go, there's been tons of offers. We have really, we kind of recap it every week in the war room on Friday. It's a great feature if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, lots of recruiting stuff going on. And now there's, there's going to be a bunch of satellite camps where USC's joining other schools. Like they're going to go down to Atlanta. I think it's June 15th or something like that for 
with Georgia State, and they're going to have like a joint camp with them, but it's a chance to get into Atlanta and see some of those, uh, the players that are down in SEC country. They're going to Hawaii. You, they're all over the place. So satellite stuff, that's a, a kind of a new wrinkle in what's going on. But as far as the players go, and kind of maybe get your comment on this, Coach, um, they usually will start these summer throwing sessions, you know, sometime either late May or early June. And they'll have, you know, it'll be Max Brown or, you know, Sam Darnold kind of leading the way on offense and, uh, you know, host of different guys on defense kind of bringing guys together and coming out. Sometimes it's just some one-on-one. Sometimes they're just throwing seven-on-seven. Just It just kind of depends on, uh, you know, what they want to do. And the coaches will kind of give them behind-the-scenes, like, stuff. Here's things to work on, things like that. But they'll get out there and start throwing. The interesting part, Coach, comes when the incoming class of 2016 starts graduating from high school then they start showing up at these too so we're always down there on watch to kind of see new players coming out and when they come out so it's a for me this is one of the most interesting times of the year to cover the team because not a lot of people cover the offseason workouts we obviously do but it's a chance to see those true freshmen that are coming in or transfers for the very first time out on the field you know it's it's seven on seven it's you know one-on-ones they're in shorts. There's no pads or anything, but it's cool. You know, it was cool to see a Dory Jackson out there working out with a team for the first time, but that's sort of like kind of what's coming up coach and what the schedule is like. I know things have changed a little bit since you coach, but that's, that's pretty much what's going on now. Yeah, a lot of that's going on. And, uh, you know, I think it's good. They had a break. I really think that kids can have too much football. And I mean, that's even in high school with all these camps that are going on and, the number of days you have to practice. Uh, if you go to a bowl game, then you come back and you get into spring training, then you go to spring practice. You know, you have to have a to have to be have a little free time occasionally. You have to want to go to the weight room. You have to want to go on the field. You can't be forced to go on the field. And the first thing, if you're not on the field, someone thinks you're not working hard. You know, you get burned out. I think there's a time you need to take a break a little bit. And look forward to uh, a football, not. Uh, dislike football because it takes away from a little beach time or relaxing or doing some things that other kids have an opportunity of doing. I didn't really push it that much. We did do it, but we didn't do it every day. And we didn't do it in the morning. We did it basically. I asked the kids when they thought it was the best time to do it. And the quarterbacks used to organize the entire time of when it was the best interest of them, not me or the team or the weight room. Uh, We would say it's open all day. Come in when you can. We didn't make them come in as a group, and I don't know if they do at USC now or any university, but we want to sort of make it their desires to come in and get better, not us saying you better do it or you're not going to play. But it's also an opportunity to introduce the incoming players. They know them already because they've been on campus so many times and played with these players, but it's also an opportunity to give these young players and a chance to learn the offense and number system, which they probably know already, but they've sit in meetings and understand what's going on. But uh, it's an opportunity for them to feel comfortable on campus, an opportunity to take some classes and get ahead so you can graduate on time or, gra- or time or graduate early. You take a couple of classes, so if you have to drop a class along the way, it isn't going to kill you. So it's a great, it's a great chance for. Uh, student athletes who need to make up some classes to do it, do that, or take classes that conflict with their schedules, and uh, get that done. So I think the summer months are more of a uh, conditioning type of thing. I always used to worry about somebody getting hurt, 
And in the past, USC has lost some players during the, the summer workouts. Last year, I think they were pretty injury-free. So you want to rehab. You want to see your players. You want to make sure they're academically ready to go and not getting into trouble. But again, you want to give them, I feel, a little freedom when they can do some things because they want to do it. And if, if they miss a, a workout, it didn't like, you know, you don't care type of attitude, Ryan. No, that makes sense. And uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a definitely a balance. Players love to get out there and play, but they, you know, you have to take some time off. And I think the team does a pretty good job uh, of doing that. So we'll keep you up to date. You know, we'll go down to the workouts. We can't interview players until July, but we can go watch and take some video and photos and photos of like the incoming freshmen are usually a really popular feature on uscfootball.com. So definitely stay tuned for that. We're kind of getting to that time. Once you get to the summer workouts, then it just starts getting downhill till fall camp and, of course, uh, the season. So a lot of cool stuff coming up. And speaking of time off, Coach, it's a good segue. We have an international question. Uh, Josh from Australia. He says, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Now, he's concerned. This is a guy that did take some time off, well, to do another sport. He's concerned about Adoree Jackson. He said, my understanding is he skipped spring practice for track and is attempting to make the Olympic track team. This worries me. Uh, as if he does, in fact, make the Olympic team, he won't be back until after August 21st, which will mean a whole uh, off-season of football-wise, uh, and he'd be wasted and possibly could re- result in him losing the starting role. Possibly, I feel he took a step back last year, and the coaching staff has to decide on whether he's a wide receiver or a cornerback and strictly stick with that position, uh, in addition to kick return duties. Listed as a top 20 pick in the upcoming draft, I'm not sure whether or not he is taking the steps in the offseason to set himself up for a great season. Am I overreacting to the situation? Fight on from Josh. Well, thank you very much for checking in uh, with us on this. You know, I, I always say, like we were just talking about, taking a little bit of a break from football. Adore's played football his entire life. He's not going to forget how to play the game. Uh, I think sometimes his body is resting. By running track, he's working on his running skills. He's he's mentally uh, into what he's doing, and he's happy. And I think that's what's important about a football player. He'll bring a better attitude to the football field come the fall. Now, I personally hope he makes the Olympic team. This is a goal he's always wanted to do his entire life. Realistically, it's going to be very difficult for him to make the Olympic team. But as a head football coach, you're giving him this opportunity. And that's what he wants. If he doesn't make it, then... He can't come back and say, you didn't give me the time to do these certain type of things. He's the type of athlete that deserves the opportunity to try to make the Olympic team. So you allow him to do this, and if, even if he comes back in August, he'll get in a football uniform. He's worn it for a long time. He knows what the coverages are. He'll go out there and do a great job. Now, regarding him doing too much, I agree with you there. I've been saying that for the last couple of years. I think he hit a plateau. I think that last year he declined. I think that he, you know, he isn't a big, strong, physical kid. He's a big, he's a small, fast, great athlete. So you can't allow him to wear down. And I thought he wore down a lot last year by, as you said, doing all those different things he does. I think he should be going one way. This will be his draft year, obviously, as we all know. So I think he's got to get really good at what he does deciding which way he's going to go, and I think that's going to be a defensive back, and I think that he should get many turns at defensive backs. He should give up the offensive side of the ball. 
I believe there'll be better morale on the football team because people that are playing on the offensive side of the football know that their coaches believe in them. They're not going to bring somebody over in a big play and take them out of the game. And I think Adore Jackson will become a better football player and not burn out his body or get beat up. So I don't think it's going to hurt him. I think he's going to come back mentally happier. You've given him the opportunity to compete uh, in track and field. He did win the Pac-12 championship, but his marks right now so far aren't qualifying him for the Olympic Games. Now, we all hope he does, but I think his best jump this year is 25, nine and a half. So uh, he's got to get up there in the city, 26, nine, 10, into that range, and about another foot uh, farther than what his best is to really be challenging for a, a part of the Olympic Games. But no. Yeah, I know your concern, and, and, and but don't let it bother you. It's just a, a mental thing, and I think he'll come back more refreshed and ready to play. All right. Thanks for that question from Down Under. Love, love, love the international questions. That's great stuff. Uh, let's see. Let's go. We're going to have a voicemail question for you, Coach. Here you go. Hey, Coach. Hey, Ryan. I love the show. Faithful listener for the last six years. Question about the offensive line. What do you see this year as far as improvement? When compared to last year, in regards to the offensive line, what are like two or three key things that you observed in 2016 that is different from last year in 2015? In addition to that, do you feel that the improvements this year, if you're seeing any, have to do with coaching? Thanks. I appreciate it. And fight on. Well, thank you for your question. Help me out at the end of that, Ryan. I couldn't quite hear it. Help me out there with what his point was. Yeah, okay, Coach. And uh, if he wanted to know, basically, well, it's hard to say what's different from 2016 to 15. We've only seen spring practice. and uh, But that's what he wants to know. And if, if, if it has to do with coaching, and it's funny, just a little side note before you jump in, Coach, um, I was up at the, the regional opening in Oakland, the Bay Area one, and, uh, you know, watching uh, linemen and all the different, you know, high school prospects from the Bay Area. And a lot of them came from Southern California and Nevada and different states, too. They're all competing uh, against each other and getting their ratings and all that kind of stuff. One of the offensive line coaches was former USC offensive line coach Bob Connolly. So he doesn't have a job right now, is, is my understanding. But he was up there coaching tackles and a lot of a lot of technique, a lot of um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, we like when we're up there, coach, we want to see drills. There was a lot of talk <laughs> going on. So a lot of teaching. There wasn't a lot of like playing as far as the offensive line goes. So that could be one of the problems. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say I like Bob Conley. He's a nice guy. But when I go up to a camp like that, I want to see reps. I don't want to see here's where you put your left pinky toe and things like that. And that's kind of what was going on. But I don't want to go to a little side there. But uh, it basically changes. What do you think is different from 2016 to 15? And do you think coaching is the reason for those differences? Well, I'm not going to say coaching is the reason for the differences, but I'm going to say it's going to be a great challenge, I think, for Callaway. Why? Because this is a big year for the offensive line. There's no excuses. There's no excuses. These players have started for two years, three years in some situations. They've got depth. They've got everything. And to not be able to perform and run the football and pass block and do the things that are necessary, you know, there's there's no excuses. I mean, these guys were all four- and five-star players and uh, they should be developed now into a unit where they know how to play next to each other and uh, have a great year. And I think a great challenge is going to be their first game against Alabama. You've got to go down there believing that, hey, this is what you play football for. 
You want to play against the best, which Alabama is. You want to dominate against Alabama. You want to set the tone the first game of the year. And I think these guys have got to get that electricity into them. They've got to be able to be the aggressor. They've got to be able to own the line of scrimmage, and they've got to take it as a offensive line unit challenge. No one breaks down. Everybody blocks their guy. Uh, this is the type of football, if we're going to play in the NFL or if we are who we are, let's demonstrate it on national television. So I really think that's the way I would approach this. I mean, I wouldn't have it be a an easy camp. It would be a very difficult, strenuous camp. We'd be on the sled. We'd be on boards. We'd be on every type of uh, drill that you need to be to become a, a great offensive lineman. I think Callaway's been around long enough. He's played teams in the Southeastern Conference, and I think he'll challenge himself. And he's got to challenge his players on who we are. Are we someone to be reckoned with? Are we somebody that's going to intimidate us, or are we going to be doing the intimidation? So I really think that, hey, there's no excuses this year for the offensive line. you got to get after it. you got to block people. you got to own the line of scrimmage. There's no more talking about it. It's time to do it. Makes sense, coach. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, we've only, like I said, we've only seen spring football, but it does look different. I mean, there's differences from what you see. I think one of the biggest ones, coach, is that the, every offensive lineman we talk to is like, yeah, they make us run all over the place. So they're like, they're, you know, they're, the water breaks are like, oh, but get a break while you're not taking a rep. He's really pushing them to get in better shape while they're at practice, which kind of reminds me of a lot of what Pete Carroll did back in the day where, they never ran wind sprints or anything after practice. It was all about running from station to station. So I think Neil Calloway is bringing a little bit of that element to to practice. So that's one of the differences I've seen. No, I agree with you, Ryan. Uh, you bring that up, and we talked about it before on the podcast. You know, for the first time, I've seen them hitting the sled. They're on the seven-man sled, and they're they're going five-on-five five on the seven-man sled. They're, they're alternating. They're stepping up. They're driving it. They're keeping their wide base. They're moving their feet. They got their head up. They're doing all the things that's necessary to own the line of scrimmage. Not one play, but a lot of plays. I, you've heard me describe that before. When I coached the offensive line, we did 15 plays in a row with the same line. Because if you have an offensive drive, figure it being 15 plays. It might not be a home run at once in a while there. You've got to be in better condition than the defensive players you're playing against. Condition is the name of the game. It doesn't make any difference what position you play you got to be able to play at 100% for 60 minutes. You can't take a play off. If you take a play off, that might be the play or the play to beat you or the play that you win with. So I think it's very important to be conditioned no matter what position you play. And and I like to, you know, they've done away from running, if you notice, in, in a lot of the colleges today and high schools. They're not as much running. If you just practice hard, well, then you, that, that's good, and I think that's good, but I think it's also good. We used to do a lot of sprints like one 10-yard sprint, stop, get in the huddle, come out, a 20-yard sprint, back in the huddle, come out, a 30-yard sprint, come back in the huddle, a 5-yard sprint, come back in the huddle, for about 15 of those. So it would be just like a game type of situation and conditioning. So, you know, there's different ways to condition a team, and I like conditioning a team in a football manner where you're doing football things as you're conditioning. A lot of times you're sitting and you're watching and you're not running a lot of plays in a row. You run a play, someone else comes in. You run a play, someone else comes in. you got to be able to condition by running several plays in a row. So you get used to doing 
many, many plays and not having to substitute yourself or pat yourself on the chest saying, I'm tired, send someone else in. I used to say, when you do that to me, you're staying out. All right, Coach. Well, that's the offensive line. Uh, we kind of talked about some of the offseason stuff. Tark had a question really about getting ready for the season. He says, what's the most important thing for the Trojans to accomplish between now and the start of fall camp? Well, I think the the thing is that they've got to be a team and they've got to get together and they've got to understand what their goals are. They've got one of the toughest schedules in America and they got to look forward as a real look forward to it as a challenge and something they want to play their USC. I think it, uh, you know, you read a lot of the publications and you read about the numbers and the odds in Vegas on how the Trojans should do and this and that. Well, you know, that means nothing, absolutely nothing. The publications mean nothing. The media day means nothing. All those things mean nothing. It's you're the ones that, the players are the ones that determine how the season outcome is going to be. So I think you've got to make your, set your goals and understand how important it is your first game. And again, you've got to understand as a coaching staff that that first game is in your season. And what I mean by that, sometimes coaches, and I coached once with a coach that made the opening game the whole season, and what happened, we lost a couple of other games because of that. You've got to play every game realistically for what it is and what it means. Otherwise, the next week or two, your team is still down and their heads are down because they lost a game that you've been talking about for six months. Now, Clay Helton has not been talking about Alabama. The team knows who they open with. So he's not making it like it's our whole season. It is not the whole season. It is a great opening football game that makes your off season. Because your off season has to be good to play a team like that. So I think it's great that you do that. And I think that the number one thing you have to do is become a football team and everyone be one, everybody share the love, uh, if you don't catch 15 passes in the first game or four passes but somebody else has a great game, then you won. If they're not uh, running the football but you're winning, and, and I, that's something I don't want to say very often, if you're not running the football but you're winning, then that's what we're all doing. we got to do what it takes to win. And I think that if you run the football and you're maintaining, you're controlling the football and your defensive line is resting – the defensive side is resting, and when you go, on, go in on defense, you got to get out as soon as you can to give it back to your offense. That's what your thoughts have got to be. So if you can dominate, I think that's what you got to think about. You want to go domination, domination. We are SC. You don't want to play us. Don't play us next year. Try to get out of the contract because USC has an elite uh, feeling. Like I talked to some people last week when I was in Vegas, and they're Alabama fans, and they said, Coach, what do you think of our opening game? And I said, well, you know, look at the numbers, and you'll see exactly what Vegas thinks of them. And they said, yeah, but that's USC. I said, yep, that's what people think of USC. So USC's got to understand that's what people think who they are. Now you need to be who you are. And I think that's the way they have to attack everything and putting it together during the offseason under Coach Clay Helton's first year to go out there. And I saw Clay Helton down at the Manhattan Beach, the, the spinning uh, – fundraiser last week and uh i said how are you doing coach he said and i said one thing ks i turned around gave me his handshake and i left didn't want to bother him he was up on a bike spinning on the stage there's only two words to say and he understood him all right uh well we got a couple more for you coach and we'll let you go uh kind of on the recruiting side clemens wrote in 
He said, I've already read where USC fans don't like the selection, this selection, because Daniel Green is not a five-star linebacker. He's talking about USC's latest commitment uh, out of Oregon, three-star linebacker Daniel Green. And why should we be signing three-star linebackers? Green might or might not be a three-star linebacker, but I believe he's a five-star fullback, which is why he's a coveted prospect. Clay Helton has publicly stated he wants to get back to having a fullback. Unfortunately, with all the spread offenses in high school these days, you have to find a player you believe uh, you can mold into a fullback. Something to think about, especially if fans watch his entire video. Interesting point. Fight on from Clemens. I haven't had a chance to see his video, and that was sort of a surprise commit to me. I wasn't very aware of him. Ryan, probably you were. I have different reports. Some reports say he's 6'5", and some reports say he's 6'2". So realistically, I don't know. What is his actual size? Do you know? You know, I haven't seen him, Coach. I haven't seen him in person, so, uh, you know, I just only got to watch a little bit of the video. But it was was obviously a surprise to me as well. And, uh, and, and as far as the fullback recruiting goes, I think USC had an opportunity to try to do that. Sort of went away from it last year after, you know, knowing you had two seniors on the roster. Didn't really recruit fullback kind of guys or even people you could convert. And then I think the, I think there was an attitude adjustment and now they, you know, kind of wanted to recruit fullbacks now uh, or get people that you could turn into fullbacks. So what they had to do was in the spring, you saw them take a couple walk on linebackers and make them fullbacks. So they're definitely trying to do that. But I do believe there was a lapse during the recruiting process where they didn't really go after fullbacks or try to address that. And then later on, like, oh, crap, we need fullbacks. So it's, you know, whatever reason, they got away from it for a little while, but they seem to be back on the, the fullback trend that Clemens was talking about. Well, I agree with you on that. They did that in two positions, as you know. Not that they didn't try to get defensive linemen, but they had, they didn't have great success at defensive linemen, and that's why their numbers are down, and that's something that we shouldn't talk about much because my philosophy as far as the defensive line, you've got players that want to win, and you tell your players, hey, we're it. We're not planning on being on the field long. We're going to go in and stop whoever we're playing against, and we'll get off the field. We don't need a lot of numbers. we got bigger weapons than the other guys, and uh, I think that's the way they got attacked on the defensive line this year. The offensive has to help the defensive line by maintaining – and keeping the ball and owning the line of scrimmage, and and I just I just uh, feel that way. I, I just uh, you know you've you can't neglect certain parts of your game, punters, kickers. I mean we're just talking about a couple of things. This is USC, okay? This is USC. You got to have the best place kicker in the nation, or one of the best place kickers kickers in the nation. Let's don't be saying the best in everything, but damn near the best in everything. Punter, the same thing. Same thing with a fullback. Get a guy that just, just wants to stone people. He doesn't want to carry the ball, yet I believe a fullback should carry the ball. I really do. I believe the dives and traps and things with a fullback are absolutely awesome. They can't key all the times on your, your running back, no matter what position he's in. But you want guys that are the hammer, not the nail. You want guys that want to put their face mask in somebody's face and really play great football. And these are unique guys. But that's toughness. They bring toughness to your football team. And I think you can't forget those type of special players, whether they're a kicker, a punter, a snapper, a fullback, whatever position they play, they are key to your football team. And I think that when you somehow forget about those type of guys, 
you're not really getting the, the thing. You're not really getting what it's all about. All right, Coach, we've got one last one for you. We'll let you go. Percy wrote in and said, is USC giving up recruiting dominance in California with all of the offers going to players out of state around the country? What advice would you give the current staff? Well, I think you always got to get the best players that you can get no matter where they are, but I don't think you should do that with the expense of forgetting some players that are committing or close to committing at home when you neglect talking to them. Now, I've been hearing or reading, let's let's say, that a lot of players are saying, well, they're not calling me as often as what they used to, or I haven't heard from this coach, or I haven't heard from that coach. Well, then I say you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. you got to put a fence around your area first, the state of California, where most of the players are that go to USC. And if you, you neglect following up or giving the love to those players that you should be giving because you're off in another state somewhere, then I say, no, that's not good. Now, if you can still give the love to the players that are supposed to be a part of your fence in your county, USC or whatever, the state of California, that's great. But if you're spending too much time away and these players see that maybe you're not just believing in the California players, that maybe you think the other players are better, then you got a problem. So uh, I think it's great to go after the best players. But if you remember when Pete Carroll was at USC, he would always say, I am not going to recruit a player out of state unless I feel he's the first-round draft choice. And most of those players were first-round draft choice. So don't spend all your time out of state on two stars and three stars. I mean, if it's a first-round drafty and you're in it and he feels and you feel that he's really interested then yeah send somebody down there and fly back but don't forget your home territory don't forget it because next year those guys will see hey they brought in 20 guys from out of state and ucla didn't and these other schools didn't hey you got a problem no you're right coach and i you know i i there's a lot of offers going out and we we kind of detail them in the war room uh extensively but man tome and uh you know, and there are some of them that are the first round draft choice kind of guys. And some of them are just kind of guys, too. And it seems to be more of a political thing. And a lot of schools are even Alabama's got, you know, hundreds of offers out there. And you're kidding me. Like the offers now are different. And we talk about this with Gerard Martinez when he comes on the show. Scholarship offers now are different than they were even like five years ago. Um, it's just they don't seem to mean as much. There's offers and then there's um, committable offers. And you can't tell me there's 200 players out there that if they wanted to commit to Alabama tomorrow because they have an offer, Nick Saban would take it. That's just not the way it is. So it's it's kind of more of a, a little bit of window dressing, I guess you could say, Coach. There's real offers, and then there's the, the offers that you could talk about on Twitter that if the player really wanted to c- pick up and say, hey, I'm committed to you, Coach Saban, they'd be like, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> now, let me tell you, when you – keeping your offer, then you're not the program you're supposed to be. My feeling is when you give an offer and you're SC, they aren't, you know, they're something special. And the kid says, hey, you know, I've been waiting for this. I haven't heard from it. They really think I'm a great player, and they should be a great player. And this kid doesn't think about it and say, well, I want to get married, but I want to date six other people. 
you want some player that says he's a five-star or whatever he might be, hey, they might not come back to me. This is my chance. I want to go to USC. When you have 100 offers out there or 70 offers out there, what does that say? I mean, it says that you can't get the great player, so you're out there offering other players? Hey, you don't want a player that's not going to help you win a national championship. You want players that are going to help you win the Pac-12 first, win the national championship. And the only way you can do that is take players. You can forecast players, and you can say they're going to be great players. And that's your job as a coach. But you've got to make sure they're players that are going to be around and players that can contribute and the type of player you want on your campus representing USC football or whatever sport you coach. So, you know, I, I just feel you get carried away, and all of a sudden you get a guy's committing, and what do you tell them when they commit? You tell them, no, you can't come. Well, that high school coach doesn't take that very well. Those parents don't take that very well. The kid doesn't take that very well. And these kids tweet around and know everybody. Yeah. Say, hey, don't trust them. Don't trust them. They commit, and then they don't follow through. So, Ryan, you know how that is. Oh, yeah. I think it's. I think it could lead to bad bad news but i think everyone the thing is everyone seems to be doing it coach it's just kind of like it's if you're not offering a whole bunch of people you're not really in the game you're not out on social media and you know it's, it's funny and people are like well what do they say we're not recruiting anymore no one says that it's kind of like when you want to break up you're, you're dating someone and you're you know kind of casually and you just want to break up you just don't call them anymore you don't return the phone calls and they kind of get the picture that seems to be kind of what the way it is now uh, with recruiting, it's not. I'm not just talking about Alabama or USC. It just seems like that's the way it works for most everybody now. It's it's just it's changed. The landscape of recruiting has changed. I think social media has taken it to another level, and you just you have to kind of get your name out there. And like these guys want to see, you know, Clay Hilton likes to see some kid in Florida say, "Hey, I just picked up an offer from USC." Is the kid going to end up going to SC if he committed? Would they, you know, even if he committed, he's not going to end up there. It's just kind of the way it is now. It's just a weird change in the landscape of recruiting, it seems. Well, I don't understand that portion of it because I really, you know, I'm I'm more old school that uh, they can give all they want out. But when I give you one, it's a little bit different. Yeah. And I think that uh, you can just keep your levels at a different level. And kids understand that, too. Did you hear from me? I see you. No, they've talked to me. Have they offered you? No, they haven't. Uh, but they're they're after the best, and when they get them, then you get the top players, and those top players help recruit the other top players. You yeah. know how important is it to get a couple of five stars that get on, and they're committed, and all of a sudden they pick up the phone and they call the other five stars, saying, "Hey, come and let's be the number one class in the country." That's what it's all about. Yeah, and that's definitely happened at USC before. Uh, but your coach is committed. Your offer for to be on the Peristyle podcast, coach, is definitely committable. So uh, it's not a it's not a false offer. We love having you on the show and great stuff. It's always fun to talk about USC topics. So thanks for coming back on again, coach. And Ryan, thank you. And again, I want to tell you, I was in Southern California ticket. They're our sponsor of this segment or this podcast the other day. And I got a couple of tickets to Barbara Streisand. I don't know if anybody Ooh. else got any, but I got some. So, and when you call Southern California ticket service or go on the website, tell them I told you to call and who knows Hell, you might get a break. Yeah. And, the coach had uh, a high discount. Yeah. Don, the old coach told you to call. Nice. And uh, who knows? They they might take care of you better than what they maybe would (laughs) have. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Coach. And everyone else, thanks for tuning in to the Parastyle Podcast. Send in those questions. Again, if you had problems leaving a voicemail before, try it again now. should work fine.
Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.